37th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to episode, I believe, 230 of Pixelated Paranormal. I sound almost normal again, which is a blessing. Now, I guess it's 229, isn't it? Is it 229? Um, ah, fuck, I don't know. I mean, it's something. <laughs> Let me start my own podcast here. Um, yeah, it's it's episode 229. Sorry, guys. Welcome back to episode 229. Um, I've been deathly ill for like two weeks, and uh, I'm finally coming out of it after an entire nose spray later, um, countless steroids and antibiotics and everything else later i'm finally coming out of this and uh come to find out it was a sinus infection an upper respiratory infection and from what the doctor says pre-pneumonia so oh damn so folks a little bit of column a and a little bit of column b i guess man my dad always said son if you're gonna do anything you need to do it right and if you're gonna do anything you need to be the best at it (laughs) so oh fuck Guys, parkour, parkour. <laughs> right. Take care of yourselves, everybody. Take your vitamins. Get plenty of sleep. Drink plenty of fluids. Um, my biggest problem is having this, having COVID back in October and having this, this fucking insomnia ever since. Like, I just hardly get any rest. And I think my body finally got worn down and just opened up the floodgates for anything to come in. But we're doing better now, and that's the important part. Now, as you've always heard, with me, as always, is old Presto. What's up, all you cool ghosts and goblins and crocodiles and crocodingos? <laughs> and uh, Stephen was supposed to be with us. Unfortunately, he had a uh, an emergency pop up today, and that's all the more we're gonna say. But we we wish him the best and hope everything you know turns out okay on the other side. With that, with Stephen's absence, does come the absence of an actual topic. Uh, fear not. Again, I'm I'm gonna share. A story I don't believe I've ever shared on the podcast. I've seldom told very many people about it. Um, but someone asked me the other day in reference to the podcast when I talked about, you know, hosting the show with Preston. Um, they asked me what the scariest thing is that I've ever experienced. And we've been doing the show now for almost six years, and we've been so lucky and humbled by plenty of people who have written stories in, you know, a plethora of bizarre and terrifying listener stories and and Preston among these listener stories you and I have shared plenty of our own experiences and well like I said a few days ago somebody asked me about the show and the simple question what's the scariest thing I've ever experienced and we've asked the same question to listeners and got really great responses you know people have talked about encounters with aliens and demons and ghosts uh, tweakers hiding in trees bigfoots outside of camping tents but sometimes, as you know, it happens in life, some of the scariest things we experience don't involve ghosts or goblins. And sometimes it's just normal everyday mishaps that bring you to your knees and, you know, for me, you know, still haunt dreams. So I'm going to tell you guys about the scariest thing I've ever experienced. And again, before I go any farther, uh, A, I want to say sorry about my voice. It's slowly coming back. It's not quite there. So um, I apologize if it sounds distorted or just plain annoying. 
And it's almost like you're coming out of puberty, like you're not quite there, but you're close. Oh man, yeah, yeah, it's like a real life Morty. Yeah, it does sound like that. Um, I also want to make it very apparent and very clear: um, the story does involve alcohol and drinking, although the alcohol and drinking itself is not what caused the events to occur. Um, I do want to say this: I'd like to urge everybody, no matter what you imbibe in please always make sure you do it responsibly and you're safe. Always be smart and always have a ride plan, so on and so forth. Always plan to stay the night and just don't be the cause of anybody's grief. With that being said, um, back in August of 2018, Shayla and I, along with our friend Patty and her then boyfriend, we all went to California in the Bay Area near San Francisco to visit our friends Eric and Aaron, who had recently moved there. Now, we all enjoy hiking and being outdoors, and so during our visit, we decided while we were there, we should take a float trip down a river. And Eric went on to Amazon and purchased some really awesome inflatable inner tubes. These things were solid, thick, thick rubber, um, very durable. They had straps that you could undo with little ropes, and then you could lock onto other inner tubes and form like a line, or in our case, a ring of inner tubes. And with the inner tubes, he also purchased an inflatable cooler that you could float either attached to or in the middle of a ring of set inner tubes. Well, we packed in the two cars and we made our way to the state park where our river of choice would be located. And the river itself is about a five mile long float. And it would take about two hours to make the entire duration from start to finish. It's kind of shaped like a horseshoe or the letter C. Well, the entrance to the river was located at one gate of the National Park, and at the other end was the exit. Now, because of its shape, the float itself was five miles long, but the actual distance from, you know, start to finish was a two-mile highway. So Eric drops us off at the entrance of the state park, where we start to blow up the inflatables, and he follows uh, Aaron down the highway to park the car at the exit of the river. So basically, when we get to the end, we'll pop in her car, drive back, grab Eric's car, so on and so forth. All in all, the entire float should last about two and a half hours. And it did. We had a great time. Um, sunshine shining down, good friends, friends, good friends, swimsuits, good beers, you know. And we had a pretty good river buzz and laughed and blah, blah, blah. And by the end of the river, we get out. And we pull our tubes out of the river and the cooler and work our way up the shore. And then Aaron says, oh, shit. And we said, what? What's going on? Everything okay? Did you get hurt? Step on like a piece of broken bottle or something? No. Somehow, unfortunately, um, just because of the excitement of the trip, Aaron forgot and left her keys in Eric's car. Two miles up a two-lane highway at the entrance of the state park. So after a few choice words and, you know, with us rolling our eyes and groaning, Eric and I make the best out of it. And we decide to hoof it up this two mile highway and hike our way back up to his car. Not a big deal. Get the keys, jump in the car, pick everybody up, bada boom, bada bing. So together in our cheap, shitty plastic flip flops that we weren't intending to hike in and our swimming trunks that chafed like you can imagine, Eric and I made our way down this two-lane highway for two miles on an 18 to 24-inch gravel shoulder. 
on what we didn't realize would be a highway where people didn't really give a shit about the speed limit, and they would go 40 to 60 miles an hour like it was nothing. We're talking cars, jeeps, trucks, a few U-Hauls, a couple tow trucks, all flying past us as we're making our way down this tiny little shoulder made out of gravel and dirt. And there was a few times we'd be crossing a bridge, looking down to, you know, 20, 30 foot fall into the river. And uh, I may or may not have made peace with the world as I looked forward to see box trucks making their way towards us. Because when those things would go past you, the sheer velocity of the wind was just really, I mean, maybe what you imagine it to be. But uh, we made it. By either the grace of God or the gods or the lack thereof, some cosmic deity or maybe fate itself had decided they weren't quite done with these two goofy chuckle fucks, and somehow we made our way back to Eric's car, safe and sound and unscathed. We hopped in, drove back, rescued everybody, got Aaron's car, and made our way back to Eric and Aaron's house, and that was that, made for a really fun story to share after the fact, that we would surely bring up any chance we had just to rub it in with Erin leaving her keys in Eric's car. And you know, by God, if we ever took a float trip again, we would never make that same mistake. Well, let's hit the fast-forward button, shall we? And move to July of 2020, just about two years later, mid-pandemic. We're in the beginnings of the pandemic, and the CDC has also said that if you bundle up with just enough PPE, you could possibly travel safely via the airports. And Shayla and I and Patty were beginning to get a little stir-crazy and angsty again, and decided if we did it right, we could plan a fairly safe trip back to California. So, clad with plenty of masks and rubber gloves and eye protection, sanitizing, wipe-rubbing alcohol, blah, 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 we braved the airports and safely made it back to California. Now, because California took this perhaps maybe the most serious at first out of all the states, the trip was full of mostly outdoor activities. Lots of takeout, lots of trying beers in their backyard, ordering DoorDash, and hiking, and so forth. And a float trip. And I know what everybody's thinking right now. Why on earth would you guys try to do another float trip when you had the disaster that occurred last time? Well, that's fine, because last time was a simple mistake anybody could have made. Leaving the keys in Eric's car, no harm, no foul. Anybody could have done it. But this time, baby, we would be sure to not be so foolish, and we'd not make the mistake again. In fact, spoiler alert, we didn't make the same mistake. This time, it was ironclad. So he made a bunch of sandwiches, packed them up, a bunch of sides, you know, Eric roasted some vegetables, I believe, from the dinner from the night before, Packed up a bunch of IPAs, summer lagers, fruity drinks, and of course a couple stouts because of Eric and Preston and I have always said, any season, of course, a stout season after all. Well, we went to a bigger river this time, much longer, and we actually floated on the Stanilus, I believe Stanilaus, Stanislaus River, aka the Stan. This place is beautiful. You'd float across the river through various trees and rapids, through cliffs and ridges. It was absolutely gorgeous. We took lots of photos of the scenery alone. We made sure this time, like I said before, the plan is ironclad. We parked one car at the beginning of the river and one where we would get off. We triple-checked we had the keys in both ca- for both cars before setting off on what was supposed to be this time a three- to four-hour float. The float started off glorious, 
outside of the water being bull, shrivelingly cold at first. It was fairly nice. We cracked open beers, ate sandwiches, the roasted veggies. We cracked open more beers, more beers after that. And the sun's shining down. We're laughing. Our laughs are, you know, echoing off the walls of these sheer cliffs. Pictures of the scenery and selfies were flashing left and right. And the sun beat down, keeping us warm in this chilly, chilly river water. And after about an hour and a half or so, our first bit of bad luck kicks in. And Patty accidentally drops her phone in the river. Now, if I remember right, Patty somehow managed to get her phone back, but I do believe it was never able to recover the photos, unfortunately. Whoa, whoa. Yep. So, in many places, the river was lined on both sides with trees. And as we knew getting into the river, there were several places where fairly strong rapids would occur, keeping the river flowing. It really kept the pace of the float fairly steady. But so far, these inner tubes were taking a licking and keep on, kept on ticking. And the rapids felt like nothing. You know, these inner tubes were holding up like champs. And we were really enjoying the thrill of the ride. After about two and a half to three hours in the water, the pace of the river began to quicken. And Eric and Aaron kind of ended up shooting off a little further and a little faster in front of us. Patty trailed a little ways off from behind them. And Shayla and I started to kind of stray back, probably about 100 yards or so behind everybody else, but still, you know, fairly quickly moving. And I open another beer and I lay my head back on my headrest. And I thought to myself, man, this is just fine. No worries. Everything's going to be just fine. After a while, we'll catch right back up to everybody. And then Shayla yells, oh, fuck, help. I look over in her direction and she's about 20 feet away. Sinking. Somehow her inner tube had snagged a tree limb or a tree that was under the water and a hole was ripped in the side of her inner tube and she was slowly sinking from the river with little bubbles burping all along the outside of her inner tube. So I quickly paddle my way out and get over to her. Um, I get her out of her tube, help untangle her because, you know, by this time with the current of the river, it's starting to kind of shred up her inner tube. I get her safely into mine and then I grab a hold of hers and we kind of quickly assess the situation to figure out how we're supposed to go on from here. Now, this is an appropriate time to tell everybody, if you didn't know already, I cannot swim. Um, when I was probably pre-K, um, I was going to swimming lessons in Latham, Kansas, I believe it was, or somewhere near there. Maybe I was still in Texas. Anyway, I remember climbing up a water slide during swimming lessons, slipping about three rungs up, falling down, hitting my head, and being terrified of the swimming pool from that point on. So I never finished swim lessons, never learned how to swim. Now that's not to say I can't survive or get by, of course. I can float, I can lay on my back and swim, like Shayla calls it, like a beaver. So I can survive, okay, I can not drown. You know, it's not that hard. So as I'm treading water, the current picks up, and I'm seeing that her tube has like a one foot tear all along the side. And this thing's just toast. There's no hope for patching or anything else. And it's beginning to tangle around my feet. So at that point, we look behind us. And we're coming up on a set of rapids. And we go over said rapids. And I'm frantically holding on to the headrest of her waterlogged tube. And I see it's still inflated. And I realized somehow, thank God, 
it had its own separate air bladder, separate from the rest of the tube. So it's still inflated. So I'm holding on for my dear life, and these rocks of the rapids are smashing into my arms and shoulders and my back. And at some point, trying to swim through them, um, my foot smashed down on the top of one of them and instantly just went numb. And I get a little freaked out because this is why a lot of rafters wear helmets because of the fucking head injuries they get from capsizing on the rocks and bashing their noggins. Well, somehow we make our way out of these rapids and we keep floating. I'm beat to shit, but I get my bearings and we float for about five minutes. And we see off in the distance, you guessed it, another set of rapids. And I know the shredded tube will eventually be my death if the rapids don't beat me to death first. And I start trying to rip the rubber around the headrest to separate it from the dead weight of the rest of the tube, which is pretty much rubber seaweed at this point. But the fucking rubber was too tough and too slippery, and I just couldn't find a way to rip it fast enough. And so I'm panicking now because the rapids are like two minutes away, judging by the time, you know, we're going to be floating towards them, and they look super nasty. Like the last set that beat the shit out of me was nothing compared to these nasty things. So I flip over on my back and wrap my legs around Shayla's legs, and I start furiously chewing and biting at the tube, and I manage to chew the headrest completely off the inner tube and say sayonara to the rest of the tube, and I let her go. And I know what you're saying, how could you dare litter in our precious waterways? And I will, to that reply, it is not my proudest moment. Like a little fucking coyote, you just, no, 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 no. <laughs> Pretty much, man, pretty much. I jam the headrest into the water between my legs, and I sit on it like a chair so I can catch my breath. And then we hit the rapids. And at that moment, time slowed down for just a half a second, and I remember an episode of the show I Survived, where a guy said that if you go through a set of rapids, you need to flip over on your back, try to make yourself as small as possible so your arms and legs don't get stuck between rocks and break, and if you can, of course, wrap your arms and hands around the back of your head to protect yourself so you don't get bludgeoned. So I flip over on my back, wrap my legs around the headrest, and I cover my head like I'm doing sit-ups. And we go down the next set of rapids, and I'm like a human pinball, just back and forth, flipping around, bing, 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 bop, bop, bop. Holy shit, this hurts. Luckily, Shayla's fine in the tube she's in, and she just glides right over. And yet again, I survived, just a little more bruised. We float a little farther down, and we see Patty, just kind of meandering around, waiting for us. She's like, uh, dude, where's your tube? And we quickly catch her up to speed. And I put one arm around her tube and one arm around Shayla's tube, and we make our way a little farther down the river. And then we go down a third set of rapids. But this time a little easier now because with two tubes to hold on to, I kind of just glide over them, kicking off of one to the other, not so violently as the last two sets. Shayla and Patty managed to glide over them, and I'm left pretty much in one piece other than just a severely bruised ass. And we're floating down again for about five to ten minutes. And then I hear Patty say, God damn it, no! And her tube starts to bubble and burp as she too starts sinking back into the river. Her tube caught a log and ripped a hole in it. But thank God, Patty, unlike yours truly, can swim. So we each grab a side of Shayla's tube and we cruise down the river for about 15 more minutes. Finally, we find Aaron. Now, Aaron 
is floating peacefully in this little cove where the river kind of elbows off to the left, and it's almost like a little beach area. And at this point, I've been in the lake chest deep for about an hour and a half out of my tube. Aaron goes on to tell us that Eric had gotten out because by this point, he thinks we're supposed to get off at this little beach, and we should be exiting right around the park that we're to leave out of. Well, we're not. We get out and walk about a mile in this tall grass and wind up what we're assuming to be in the back of some winery amongst the trees and the the grapes that are growing. So we decide, you know, is it worth walking through this private property or should we just get back in the lake? Now it's California. It's July. It's hotter than hell. We're talking, you know, high 90s, maybe triple digits. I don't remember. But we decide the best course of action is to get back in the river where we got out of. So we backtrack for another half a mile and we get back into the water and we float. Well, those of us that have inner tubes float. Now at this point, Aaron's GPS says it's only a mile from here left to float in the river before we finally reach the destination. Well, her GPS was wrong and we float and we go down more rapids And we're beat up. And Erin, at some point, she's trying to slowly kind of crawl through them, and she trips and twists her ankle. She's okay, but she's, you know, injured and upset, of course. And finally, after about 45 minutes of all of us being back in the water, some canoers go by. A guy and his wife in a two-person canoe. And I say, hey, guys, um, any idea where I think it was Orange Blossom Park is? And they said, oh, yeah, it's about another five or more miles down the river. And we thought, holy shit, like, there's no way we can go five more miles in this river when two people don't have uh, an inner tube. Because I'm sitting here already thinking, like, hypothermia is not far off if it's not already, you know, started putting up a tent inside my lungs and everything else. So we look over and we crawl up the side of this bank where we see a big old sign that says, Warning, Poisonous Snakes. And right beside that, the next sign, Warning, No Trespassing. And we kind of think, okay, we've already made it through about seven or eight sets of rapids um, without inner tubes. I've made it through more. I'm beat to shit. I, I make the comment, hey, we've made it so far, nobody's received any, to our knowledge, life-threatening injuries, or long-term injuries. Let's roll the dice on the no trespassing sign. So we climb up the bank of this river. It's about, you know, five or six feet, nothing too crazy. Uh, Spoiler alert, never saw any poisonous snakes. And we hike along somebody's property line to their horse farm for, I don't know, three, four, five hundred feet. And we just can't seem to find the edge of their fence line to walk up to the highway. So we traipse our way back through what's pretty much California swampland, and I make the decision we're going to trespass. There are signs that say no trespassing, trespassers will be shot. But again, roll the dice on getting shot or hypothermia. I chose rolling the dice. Spoiler alert, nobody got shot. But I told everybody, look, As we go through these people's property, you all need to make sure your hands are out front. Um, Stay calm, stay relaxed. And if we see anybody, I will be the spokesperson for the group. 
and we make our way down this gravel road by the cow pens, by the horse barns, up an actual paved driveway to somebody's house. And I say, okay, guys, let's just quietly walk past the house and walk out to the highway in front of their uh, fence. Well, trying that, we discovered they had an electric fence. I should say not electric, but a motorized gate on their fence that would have to be remote open and remote closed. So I say, okay, guys, stand there in a line in clear view with your hands where everybody can see them. I'm going to walk up and knock on the door of the farmhouse of the people's property we just trespassed through. And I could hear people talking inside, and there was a TV on. So I knocked a few times on the door, rang the doorbell, banged on the door. But nobody ever showed up. So I said, okay, fuck it. Due diligence, we tried. Nobody answered. Let's climb the fucking fence. So Eric and I hoist Shayla and Patty and Aaron over. I help Eric over. I climb over. And we are now free in the middle of the country. Erin pulls out her phone, which is quickly dying. I think she's got about 10% left on her battery. And the GPS says we got about one mile's worth of a walk till we get back to Orange Blossom Park, where one of the two cars is parked. And we walk, and we walk, and we've walked about two miles. Erin pulls out her phone again, and she looks at it, and the GPS is just spazzing out. <clears throat> Clearly, this thing has no idea where we're at. We're that far out in the middle of the country, where GPS just doesn't quite know how to pinpoint it. And then down the road comes barreling towards us a Jeep. And the Jeep pulls up and the windows roll down and smoke bellows out the windows. And we hear in the most surfer bro voice you can imagine, Hey, you guys seem to be lost. Where are you headed to? And it looks like it could be Joe Rogan's twin brother. And in the back seat are two Doberman pinchers. And we explained to him, hey, look, we just uh, trespassed through somebody's farm. We went through the tubes, blah, blah, blah. We're beat to shit. We're just trying to get back to our car. Now, remember, we are still in the middle of a pandemic. The guy, God love him, bless his heart, offers, well, you know, I know where you're heading. I could give one of you a ride. Not two of you, not all of you. I can give one of you a ride. And again, no offense to this guy. We've all seen enough murder shows and enough Dateline to know that I can give one of you a ride. It's a giant red flag of fuck no, thanks but no thanks. So Eric and I give each other a look of, okay, both at the same time say, I think we're all right, brother. We appreciate it, but I think we're just going to walk the rest of the way. He says, okay, I totally get it. Be safe. Gives us a hang tin and blows us off in the dust as he drives down the road. We walk about another mile down the highway. So we've been walking now for about three miles. Finally, we find the gate entrance to the park. But it's not the gate entrance we're looking for. But at this point, Aaron's GPS kicks back in and says, we are now about two miles from the entrance of the park where Eric's car is parked. So we decide, okay, there's no sense of all of us walking if we know exactly where we're at. And if we get lost, we know exactly where we left you because we'll be on the same highway. And Eric and I once again decide to hoof it. 
And this time we're not wearing these shitty plastic flip-flops, right? No, 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 no. Eric's wearing a nice pair of water shoes. And I'm wearing Vibram toe shoes. One of my favorite things in the entire world. But at this point, we've been walking in them for so long. The tips of my toes are so bruised. And my toenails have begun splitting because of all the sand and rocks and seashells that are packed into the tips of them. And Eric, his water shoes have been rubbing the backs of his Achilles heels so much. It looks like something straight out of Hellraiser. Because at this point, they've formed blisters. They've rubbed through those blisters. The blisters have popped, and they just kept rubbing them into a bloody, disgusting mess. Well, as we're walking, if you go back to where Shayla and Aaron and Patty are, one of the park rangers has driven up in a little truck and says, Hey, girls, sorry, uh, it's just about sundown and it's time for the park to close. And unfortunately, y'all are going to have to walk out and wait on the outside of the gate there. Now, they explain to the park ranger, Hey, this is what happened. Blah, 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 inner tubes popping, blah, blah, blah. We're all really in a bad way. Would you mind maybe just giving us a ride to uh, my boyfriend's car? Well, no, we can't do that because of COVID and the pandemic. We can't have anybody riding inside of the car with us, the truck with us. And so they say, okay, that's fine. Is it okay if we maybe just rode in the bed of your truck and you just drove us up the highway? Well, no, we can't do that. It's not legal for us to give anybody a ride in the back of a truck. And Aaron says, okay, that's fine. We get it. Could you please just drive up the highway and just make sure that our guys are okay and they're not hurt. They haven't been ran over, bada boom, bada bang. No, she has to turn around and go back the other way. So it's starting to get dark and I'm doing my best to keep Eric's spirits high because if his spirits go to shit, then mine probably will too not long after. And we make our way back to Eric's car. Say some more cuss words, get back in the car, drive back, pick up the girls. Go back to Aaron's car, and we split up. Patty and Aaron go in Aaron's car, and then Shayla and I go with Eric. Now, keep in mind, this whole ordeal has probably lasted about eight hours, you know, five hours plus in the fucking river, and then three hours of hiking and walking. And we're sunburnt, and we're exhausted, and we're starving, because lunch has, you know, long since burned off. And Shayla's freezing, because she's just wearing her swimsuit and some little shorts. I'm burning up because we've been hiking so much in the sun, so I give my shirt to Shayla because she's so cold. And we finally make it back to where they live, a little ways outside of San Francisco. And not thinking about the temperature of California, how it's cold in the morning, hot in the afternoon, and cold again, I get out of Eric's car shirtless, and as soon as I do, the cold bay air hits me. And all at once... My muscles of my back seize up, the muscles in my chest seize up, my arms kind of contort, and I look like a T-Rex had a baby with Quasimodo, and there's some dipshit hunchback dinosaur walking through their front yard, who's shirtless, chubby, and kind of hairy. And I get inside their house, and I start hyperventilating, because I am assuming at this point I have hypothermia. Now, I managed to tell everybody through deep breathing and, you know, breathlessness, I just need a hot shower. So I get my clothes, and Shayla and I are staying in a little, like, guest house behind Eric and Aaron's house in their backyard. 
grab some clothes, run to take a hot shower, and I'm just ice cold. Like, I just can't get warm. And I tell everybody, hey, I'm going to run out to the back back house here, and I'm going to get a long sleeve shirt and just see if I can just warm up. I'll be right back. Well, I go out there, and I sit on the bed in the guest house, and I put on this long sleeve shirt, and, like, all at once, I just get this really peaceful calmness over me. And I'm just kind of thinking about, like, the day and the events that took place and how I'm so thankful that, you know, being a person who can't swim, that we didn't drown, that I didn't drown. Nobody got any real long-term, you know, health conditions out of this when otherwise, like, people drown all the time in this kind of shit. And uh, I'm very fortunate. And then those thoughts turn into just this weird slideshow of stuff that I've done in my life since I was a kid. And it's just kind of odd and bizarre. And it's, you know, conversations, whole conversations from grade school, um, middle school, high school, dates and dances with Shayla and stuff like that. And then out of nowhere, I just black out, just boom, lights off. And Shayla at some point realized I've been missing for like half an hour. And so she runs back there in the guest house, opens up the door, and I'm just slunched over, uh, slumped over in this guest bed, just unresponsive. And out of nowhere, I snap out of this blackness to the feeling of Shayla just screaming my name and shaking me violently. And I sit up and I'm just like, oh, hey, hey, sorry, I must have passed out. I guess I was tired. And she's like, no, you had disappeared and no one knew where you went, and you were gone for like well over half an hour. And the rest of the night, like, I just felt like I was just an ice cube. And went to bed, woke up the next morning, and other than just sore muscles and my body just being covered in bruises, I was otherwise unscathed. So I don't know what happened, if I truly had hypothermia or what, but... That whole ordeal, just being in a river, going through rapids, and just (laughs) then being lost in the middle of the countryside in California. And I say lost because we had a phone with 10% battery that was fading quickly, and a GPS, when you think that a GPS is going to be reliable and that's going to be your, you know, safety net, finding out that it has no idea what the fuck's going on and it's just, you know, spazzing out. All those thoughts kind of came together at once when I was sitting on that bed and I don't know. Still shakes me. I still have nightmares about being lost in California and floating down a river and not being able to get out. But um, that mixed with what I'm assuming is at least mild, acute hypothermia or maybe full-on hypothermia, I don't know, uh, was truly the most terrifying thing that's ever happened to me. There you go. Shit, dude. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Again, it makes for a fun story. Um learned a lot. I I was wearing my favorite David Bowie ball cap that I still have and somehow managed to keep on the entire time. And uh, I don't wear it anymore now since it uh, stayed on me the entire time. But yep, talk about ghosts and ghouls and goblins and uh, thing that shook me to my core was fucking losing an inner tube in a river in California. You know that... uh documentary that we're kind of basing these you know the series of shows on uh-huh. you know, with the 
we accidentally took a break from because I told Isaac we weren't going to do that, and we lied. And I mean, <laughs> second show in a row that we we haven't uh, got back on topic. But the the very first episode of Surviving Death, yeah, the story that is told about a near death experience is actually of a lady that was whitewater rafting in a canoe and her canoe tipped over and um, she got like her foot lodged and so basically this canoe is tipped over in it's just getting banged to shit and her foot stuck so not only did she drown but she got bashed to hell it like cracked all of her ribs right she had internal bleeding and uh, you know she died. She she literally had been dead for thirty thirty five minutes, and they didn't think they were going to be able to revive her. So when they finally found her uh, canoe down river where the water had calmed, uh, this guy was like, "Oh, I think I see a life jacket. You know, uh, you know maybe her husband will will like that. Like you know, it's something to remember her by because we couldn't find anything else." And so he pulled the on the life jacket thing and that's what you know that was it and then yeah, out, yeah. out comes the lady and uh, you know that whole entire time she's having this fucking near death experience where she's on the other side and there's like these ethereal beings that are like telling her the secrets of the universe and <laughs> uh, so whenever somebody t- talks about like whitewater like you know rafting or going on a float trip I've only been on one float trip uh, I, I uh, like six years ago took a group of church kids down in fucking Oklahoma, uh-huh. which is the mo- the most safest <laughs> float trip you could ever do because the the waters are nothing and you're you're basically like half the time you have to get out and push the boat in right, the water right. just to get where you, you need to go right. But anytime I think about like an actual float trip or anything else like being in a river like that, I go back to that story of how this lady got bashed to hell fucking died for 35 minutes and then you know the the spirits on the other side were like oh hey by the way uh, when your son turns 18 he's gonna die and uh sure shit um you know according to her that's what she was told and then her son did pass you know when he was 18 years old in a skiing accident and uh but i mean her story the way she tells it is so surreal yeah you you know that that one event just stuck with her for her the rest of her rest of her life like she right, right, still right, right. is haunted by it today because it's like fuck Oof. yeah yeah I, your uh, dumbass can't swim so I mean you're fucking <laughs> I mean you're front and center buddy I mean you're like the perfect story for fucking drowning in a river <laughs> oh yeah come on guys uh, let's go whitewater rafting that's a that's a brilliant fucking idea yeah <laughs> um I I definitely plan to take another float trip in the future and I will probably pack a life vest at this point and I don't know it's again it's it's fun to talk about because it's like Every time something would happen, I'd be like, okay, it can't get any worse. And then I remember to myself, like, no, Sean, it does. Like, you read stories on Missing 411 and near-death experiences and survival. It does get worse. And, like, I'm not even about to pretend like I had a near-death experience. I think that I was just so exhausted with just staying afloat and, like, 
It, there was a couple moments in the water where, like, I had some thoughts of, like, okay, like, you may not make it out of this. Like, your job, essentially, is to keep the morale and the safety up of Shayla and Patty and Eric and Aaron. That's your job. You have to make sure they're okay. And that's your job. And if you can do that, then this is going to be okay. You did your job. But you have been in this water a long time. And I, I kept that in the back of my head, like, okay, you need to get out at least for a minute. And that's why I was like, yeah, yeah, sure, Eric, let's get out and walk through this tall grass and see where we end up. And I'm just like, I don't know, just the tall grass, just cutting our legs and stuff. And I'm just thinking, like, just warm up, just warm up, just warm up. And then we get back in the water. So, but, I mean, I, I did make some promises to whoever or whatever was listening, like, hey, I know how rapids work. I know I'm extremely lucky. And every time I go over one, like, I'm just increasing the odds of getting hurt but again like where we were at there was no way just to get out and walk around them like the the sheer just you know edge of the water and stuff was so high and so slippery and in some cases there were cliffs you know like you couldn't get out and just walk around them that was impossible and I just made some promises like if you can just let me get through this I promise I will do better I will be better and I've kept some of those promises up of course but yeah I think mine was just just sheer exhaustion I got somewhere safe and I put a warm shirt on and it's just like okay we just need to unplug for a second and you know blow on your cartridge and then we'll turn you back on <laughs> but yeah it was just uh, just dark and cold for a hot minute and I think I just passed out out of sheer exhaustion but yeah, anyway, there there you go. And dear listeners, uh, craziest, scariest thing I've ever done. I ain't got nothing. So. <laughs> it's, it's all good. That's not a fun game to yeah. play one-up on, so don't even worry about it. Don't even trip, dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, we promise we'll get back to the spooky shit soon. Um, Steven should be able to join us again next time, and if not, we'll have a backup plan back on the topic of death. But um, until then, please check us out on the old Instagram, PXL Paranormal. Check us out on the Facebook, The Pixelated Paranormal Podcast. Preston, tell us a little bit about old YouTube, would you? Yeah, we're uh, we're uh, hanging on at 169 subscribers. We're so close to 170. So if you're listening to this and you think to yourself, I'd like to be a Pixelated Paranormal YouTube subscriber, then do yourself a favor and do us a favor. Go ahead, go over there, click like, subscribe, share some videos to your friends uh, so they can discover us on YouTube. Uh, we have uh, over 129 videos on there. We have one video, holy shit, 2,000 views. Whoever that thought is, that would have happened that in a million is, years. That is wild, insanely wild to see yeah. that, yeah. Yeah. And uh, no negative comments have been coming in lately, yeah, uh, yeah. so I haven't I haven't posted anything with uh, uh, you know filters that yeah, drive people batshit yeah. crazy. So yeah, so we're we're doing good there. So yeah, go over, check us out on YouTube, give us a like, give us a share, and yeah. uh, let's 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 grow that bad boy. Hell yeah, and if you're on iTunes, please give us a rating and a review on iTunes. We sure would appreciate that too. And then, as always, if you need to bring one a beard, 
Uh, you know what? If you want to grow a beard that's going to help you uh, scare off poisonous snakes and uh, help you survive, uh, you, you know, the, the Nile River, uh, mm-hmm. then uh, go over to BigDobsBeardBomb.com and use promo code PXLPARA for 20% off your order. And pick yourself up some scents like Bay Rum, Dundee Cedar, Sweet, Fresh, Citrus, and Classic. There you go. And if you're in the Wichita area, please stop by and say hi to our dear friend Leslie and the rest of the gang over at CD Trade Post. All right, on behalf of Big Steven, I'd like to say cheers to the weird shit in the world and those of us that love to talk about it. And stay spooky and stay on the paranormal highway. The cast that pixelated paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. Email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal your guide to the unusual and the strange.